Chapter Eleven of the Boy Scouts on Sturgeon Island. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Kenneth Sargent Kagan. The Boy Scouts on Sturgeon Island by Herbert Carter. Chapter Eleven: The Fame of the Silver Fox Patrol. I thought so, Tad now remarked, showing what confidence he had felt in the decision that their best policy had been to obey orders and come to shore. Several moving figures were now seen and coming down the rocks toward them in another minute's time they had resolved themselves into three men. They did not seem to be roughly dressed at all, but might be taken for gentlemen out to have a good time fishing or cruising. And the boys noticed as soon as they could see anything at all when Thad lighted their camp lantern that the largest of the trio wore a blue cap such as they had seen on the head of the man who watched their boat through his field glasses late that afternoon undoubtedly the black boat had turned back as evening set in and it must have been someone connected with the party whom they had seen waving that light from shore good evening said allan pleasantly as the three men ranged up close by and evidently looked them over we're surrendered you remember now what are you going to do with the six boy scouts off for a vacation trip on the lake and after that the big man turned his companions and laughed no doubt they felt considerably disappointed because they had somehow had high hopes of making an important capture but after this first keen chagrin had passed they could enjoy a joke at their own expense you'll have to excuse our bothering you boys said he of the brass voice but you see we made a mistake we're revenue officers looking for a notorious smuggler named cranson who operates around this section we had positive information that he meant to cross over from canada and the boat answered the description of yours to a fraction and it's the habit of these smugglers to adapt all sorts of disguises from honest hard-working fishermen to anything else that suits their fancy we've guessed they'd taken to wearing khaki to make us believe they were a party of militia out for a cruise and so we turned back and planned this nice little surprise when we saw that you had come in here remarked our second man still chuckling who are you anyway boys asked the third who seemed to have more curiosity than his comrades though his next words explained the reason for this because i got two sturdy scouts in my house and they've become so brighter lads since they joined the patrol that i wanted to tell you i'm interested in the movement wherever i run across it and when i tell them about this blunder of ours i'd like to mention names you know why we belong to the silver fox patrol of cranford troops of boy scouts remarked allan promptly this is our assistant scoutmaster thad brewster i happens to be the pilot of this trip because dr philander hobb to hurry back home on business but we didn't worry a bit when that happened because you see thad is capable of turning the trick he knows more in a minute about everything in the woods than dr hobbs could learn in ten years well 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 tell me about that will you exclaimed the man with some little excitement and which one of you might be allan hollister i reckon you're that party right now young sir and this scout here surely he must be the bumpus who got into so many bad holes and had always managed to crawl out again yes i'm right about that and let's see which one of you might be giraffe oh no need to ask that when i look around me then there was another called stephan not to mention davy jones bob white and smithy oh i know you all and i want to shake your hands with each and every one of you say won't my kids go crazy when they hear that i actually met up with that lively bunch of scouts well what's all this mean mister asked bumpus actually trembling 
not with fear any longer but actual delight to hear himself mentioned in this familiar way by a stranger well i have to confess that i've taken such a deep interest in what my boys are doing continued the revenue officer that i even read every book they brought into the house and that's how i came to know about the doings of the silver fox patrol and who the eight lads were constituting that branch of scouts give me your hand mr scoutmaster i'm proud to know you all sure i am and i hope you'll send a written word back home to my two ten-year-old twins who know all about what you fellows have been doing in the blue ridge up in maine and even as far away as rocky mountains the boys were almost stunned by this remarkable information but they hastened to accept the hand offered to them and received a hearty squeeze in return my name is stebbins and the boys are daniel and luther continued the officer who seemed not quite mind the disappointment of failing to effect an important capture when the little adventure had given him a story to carry back home well all this is mighty interesting john said the man with a gruff voice and who seemed to be the leader of the revenue men but we mustn't lose any more time here the sea is nasty but our boat can stand it and we'll know where that tricky cranston is up to turn up before morning not ten miles away so perhaps we'd better be saying good night to these lads and starting down again he as well as the third man insisted also on checking hands all around before departing with such good will that bumpus was rubbing his fingers for quite some time afterward to get the numb feeling out of the same but then no one found any fault in fact they were thrilled by the knowledge that their exploits had been read by other scouts who cherished a sort of friendly feeling for the members of the silver fox patrol just from learning about their adventures in a book or so they did not feel sleepy at all after the three revenue men had said good-bye and vanished into the dark night what's the use pushing out there again and dropping the mud-hook overboard when we can tie up so nicely right here remarked seven sure echoed giraffe and then in the morning i'll show you i haven't forgotten how to make the finest fire you've ever heard tell about because you saw me make one when we about to froze to death up there in maine and didn't have a single match along with us well anyway wait till morning said thad knowing that once the tall scout got started on his favorite hobby there was no way of stopping him until he had the fever satisfied giraffe had once made up his mind that he could make a fire in a primitive fashion by using a little bow and revolving stick once that trick is learned and it can usually be accomplished in a minute or two but most boys find themselves unable to master the feat and give up in despair after long trying the tall scout had persisted even when met with all the manners of discouragement sometimes just when he seemed to be in the point of success bumpus would stumble over him and end the attempt then an alarm would be sounded when he got in his tender to smoking and again he lost out but in the end he had mastered the secret and even afterwards it was one of his proudest accomplishments so the giraffe always carried that little bow and sometimes dry tinder along whenever he left camp even though it might have been much easier to carry some matches in his pocket of course as they sat there for a little longer and the boat had been securely tied up to the shore the talk was mostly about smugglers each of the boys told all they had ever heard about such slippery customers and it added to the interest of the occasion to know that they had just been mistaken for a notorious character for whom the government revenue men were on the watch all the same remarked bumpus complacently i ain't sorry it happened because you see only for their mistake we never heard about them twins daniel and luther stebbins i'm glad you wrote out that message for him thad and as we get back in cranford i mean to send them my picture their daddy said they'd like to get a picture of the worst kind and come to think of it 
I got a few showing me standing with my gun, a-covering those two bad men as had captured me out in the big timber, Davy having snapped the picture off on the spot. Maybe they like that. He felt amusing over the lively scenes that had accompanied the adventures covered by this episode, and paid no further attention to the rest of the boys. As they continued to exhaust the subject of the smuggler fraternity, finally all of them admitted they had felt sleepy, and since no longer had reason to experience anything bordering on alarm, it was decided on the whole not to bother keeping watch. Already the hour must be near midnight, and they needed sleep so as to be ready to take up duties of another day when morning broke. Accordingly, each of them was apportioned a place where he could wedge in and in some manage to obtain the rest of which he was in such need. Bumpus, being so round and requiring much more space than any one of the six, was given a chance to roll over in the wider territory close to the doors of the hunting cabin, which were not to be closed, as the boys felt they would need air. He couldn't sit up and look around at any time. He happened to be awake, but as Bumpus was usually a sound sleeper, none of them expected that he would avail himself of this privilege until they scrambled over his bundled-up figure at daylight. And that cove at the mouth of the little creek, it was quiet and peaceful as any heart could wish. Nothing gave promise of disturbing the slumber of the tired cruisers. An hour or two of them, and more, crept by, and everything remained calm as the scouts folded their blankets about them like Indian warriors and squeezed in where they had been apportioned. The clouds had broken, and the moon was shining brightly in the sky overhead when Bumpus, being awakened by some sort of dream, suddenly sat upright, digging his knuckles into his eyes as if he already able to believe that he was not safe and sound in his own bed at home. A nasty snarl struck his ear and gave him a shock, so that he instantly found himself wide awake and looking around to see what had caused the sound. What he must saw have aroused the fat scout not a little, for immediately his voice was heard in the land, arousing the balance of sleepers and doubtlessly thrilling them through and through. Stop, thee! Let that alone, I tell you. Wake up, everybody, and do something. Came, he's getting away with my lovely trout. I tell you, hey, giraffe, anything you can do to save me a breakfast? End of chapter 11. Recording by Kenneth Sergeant Gagan.